Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 261st edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. And a sluggo stop across the Harpeth River for me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, gentlemen? Uh, I want to sluggo stop these allergies, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, we kick off spring practice this week, Matt. Tomorrow, actually. Breaking in a whole bunch of new players, too, right? That's right. We're going to be an extremely young bunch, and we're breaking in the, the Burton Wing T Air Raid I mean that that seems like an oxymoron, the wing T air raid. It is. I'm gonna make it I'm gonna take the moron out of it and You're just gonna make it oxy? I guess, yeah. I mean I, 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 feel, I feel I feel like that could be problematic given uh, America's opiate addiction. Yeah, I guess so. That could be <laughs> that could be bad. So I'm just gonna take the oxy out of it and just be a more I don't know. There's a saying in there somewhere. Well, uh, the man who could probably figure out that saying for us is the third amigo in the second city, a man who yearns for the days of the first Turkic Kuganate. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. Yeah, I got on a Wikipedia deep dive uh, yesterday. Look at the history of the Turkic-speaking uh, communities there. You know, you got the the regular Turks that we know about, but then like Seljuk Turks, Ottoman Turks. Mm. Earlier Turks than that. Pre-Turks. Sorts, yeah. Proto-Turks. Yeah. All that fun stuff. Good times. Good times. Well, uh, before we jump into our show today, I want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They've also got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best place to uh, place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to BetOnline.ag today or download the mobile app, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We have the draft this past weekend. Before we get into a little uh, FCS and a uh, coach, I know you got a little something. You got a little something, something for us. Yeah, I've got a trivia question. Before I get into the trivia question, uh, I listen back to our show every once in a while to see how much of a buffoon I sound like. But um, I noticed that you put a sweet little music bed underneath these ad reads. Oh yes, Pretty sir. Cool. Always do. <clears throat> All right, your pencil sharpened. Uh, I've, I've got, mm-hmm. got your got mm-hmm. your scratch paper handy. Yep. All right. Do I need a calculator on this? You may. A TI-83 plus graphing calculator? Y- yes, because you're going to be grafting parabolas. Perfect. Sounds yeah. good. So, your question. Mr. Burton, my my calculator's out of battery. Go in the box <laughs> over by my desk. There's plenty of batteries. Okay. I got it. Good. All right, Mr. Burton, I have now? to go pee. Can you hold it? Fine. Okay, just don't pee on the floor. No promises. All right, I'll get my mop. Stand by. All right, here we go. Your question. Mr. Burton, I left my pencil in last period. Can I go get it? <laughs> no, here's a pencil. Come come here. Here's a pencil. We'll stick it right up in you. <laughs> With the sun don't shine. <laughs> you can stick it up your ass. All right, here we go. Your question is this. 
Only five teams has had someone drafted in every single NFL draft. And the NFL draft started in 1963. Your goal is to name those teams. It would have been six, but Michigan State did not have someone drafted this year. And so they dropped out. They would have been one of the six. So um, I'm going to say USC. You are correct. USC is number one. And Michigan State is on this list somehow when I when I researched this question. They did so not guess, have someone drafted this year. So that so there's only there's only four. Well, USC would have been uh one of my first choices. So uh toss me for a loop a little bit. Um boy. This might be a recency bias, but I'll I'll give Alabama a whirl. That would be incorrect. Ah. Oklahoma. No. Uh, All right. It's a good guess, though. They've been relevant for quite some time. When did the draft start, Coach? You said 60-something? 1963. 63. The NFL started drafting. Well, I think there was a draft before that, but it was like some like weird like regional things, and I think yeah. I think what they call it sixty three. The common draft, the is, draft as it is today. Yeah, I believe they refer to that as the common draft era. The common draft, Sorry, because there used to be separate NFL and AFL drafts. That's why. Okay. Mm. Yeah, the common draft. Mm. Uh, I'm just gonna go with the big name again. I, I'm gonna. Just trust that one of these big schools have to hit. I'm going to try Ohio State. Think you're in the right conference for 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 one of these schools. Damn it, it's Rutgers, isn't it? It's Rutgers. (laughs) They they have somebody drafted every year since 19. Coach, I feel like you wouldn't ask this unless Georgia had someone every year. (laughs) No, they don't either. Well, I'm I'm going to take the Big Ten hint and and run with it. All right. The only team that has had consistent enough success since the '60s would be Michigan. Michigan is correct. One point each. All right, all right. Um, give me Texas A&M. Texas A&M is not correct. <sighs> All right. So we've done the obvious team from the mm-hmm. Pac-12. Yes. We've so, done, we've guessed the most obvious team from the Big 12. Other than we haven't tried Texas, so that's a possibility. We've done the obvious team from the SEC. And your favorite team from the SEC. Mm-hmm. Neither were correct. Neither were correct. Um, the ACC, I can't think of a team with sustained enough success since the 60s. So I'm going to say that, personally, I'm not going to guess a team from the ACC. Um, Penn State... I don't know what they were like in the 60s. So I'm not trusting that. They got 
they got good in the 70s and 80s. So I'm not going to try Penn State either. I, I've got a couple guesses. Um, one that jumped out to me was Texas. I'm going to try Texas. Texas is incorrect. Wow. Okay. I'm, I, I'm just going to go with my gut here. The Louisiana State University at Baton Rouge. There is an SEC team, but LSU is not. Okay, well, all right, let's do this academically then. There's an SEC team. We've done Bama, Georgia, LSU. So that leaves. It It ain't Vandy. It ain't the Mississippi schools. It ain't the Mississippi schools. Well, how many Mannings were there? Only three. (laughs) And only two of them went to, and and, well, sorry, four, four total Mannings. Three went to Ole Miss. Two of them went to the NFL. Matt, I like how you overanalyzed something that was very obviously a joke. I knew that there was not. Josh, I'm just trying to play 60 it Sixty years worth. Hey, of hey, you know what? Manics. There's another one coming. Arch is coming, man. So we, uh, we've tried Bama, uh, Georgia, LSU. It's not Vandy. It's not the Mississippi schools. It's not Kentucky. Um, I don't think Arkansas. Has been consistent enough. Um, it's an obvious school that's not quite as obvious as the obvious in the SEC. Well, that leaves Tennessee. That leaves Florida. Hmm. And we I'm know not, it's not I'm Georgia. Not go- we know it's not Bama. So, uh, and I'm not going with South Carolina. No. And I don't think it. My gut tells me it's not Auburn. So I'm, I've got a 50-50 shot, basically, between Tennessee and Florida. And Tennessee, I honestly don't know their history well enough. Um, they got a pretty good history. They do, but I just don't know what it was like in the 60s and 70s compared to Florida, which I know had like Spurrier go there and win a Heisman. Obviously, when he coached, they were phenomenal. Um, I, I'm going to go with Florida. I'm going to go with the Gators. Florida's correct. Ooh. All right. So we've got, so, so far, we've got Florida, USC. It's pronounced Florida. Florida, Florida. USC, Michigan. We're missing one. Missing one. Yeah. We, Michigan State was on the list, but they didn't have anyone drafted this, this year. So obviously, this list was not updated. So, yeah, there's only four now. Well, maybe the tweet came out before the, the tweet. Okay, okay. The tweet you, did come out before the draft or article. Let's or just be. Let, let's. I'm just be real simple about it. Notre Dame. No. No Notre Dame. No. 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 All right. We Tredame. should. Uh, we should keep moving. So you're gonna have to give okay. us a, a pretty a good hint. Uh, give us a hint for the last one, Coach. Go oh, wait, wait, to, wait. I, I've got a. I've got a few ideas. Go can back I just, to the Big I, Ten. Can, can I? Oh well, that okay. ruined my guess then. Well, actually, no, it might not have. Go back to the Big Ten. So here's what I was thinking. I guess that brings Penn State back in, potentially. Here's what I was thinking. I've kind of written off the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I've written off the ACC. Mm-hmm. We've exhausted the we've yeah. exhausted the SEC. Exhausted the Big 12. Well, here's the thing. We haven't exhausted former Big 12 members. Okay. And he just gave the clue of Big Ten teams. Oh. How many years in a row mm. has Nebraska produced 
big honking lineman NFL ready lineman. I'm going to go with the Huskers. You're correct. Well yeah, done, the big ten, the big the Big Ten hand tipped me off. Nebraska was on my short list with a few other That's teams. A good one. Penn State. I would not have thought of that immediately. Penn State. Penn State was on my short list. Yeah, it, uh, it was pretty even, crazy. Michigan State was even on this list at one point. Yeah. yeah. Good one. But there coach. you go. Good one. There, coach. There's your list. I like that. I appreciate Speaking that. Speaking of Nebraska, they have broken ground on its 155 million dollar football facility. Mm. With new locker rooms, conditioning center set for completion in 2023. Is it the Runs Runza Center? <laughs> it will, uh, well, oh, all we know is that Scott Frost probably won't be the coach by then. So, um, mm, prob- probably with the way not. things are going, guys, big news this week. You Out save of- 15% or more on your, insur- on your car insurance by switching to Geico? That too. I, I forgot to mention that, but oh, cool! Congratulations. Um, we have a new head track. I mean, football coach hmm. at the University of Kansas. Guys, mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to be like super hyperbolic about this. I think the Kansas Jayhawks just made the best coaching hire of the entire offseason. Lance Leopold from Buffalo yeah, with that hire, I don't think that's hyperbolic. A is a coup. Hyperbolic is an well, I, absolute coup. Well, I like that it's exactly ten years after they hired, they hired a for, Turner. Gill. I was just about to say that <laughs> they've gone back to the Buffalo well because Turner Gill turned out so well for them. Actually, I think it's nine years. I think Gill was twenty ten and eleven. But yeah, I mean, look, Lance Leopold won a butt ton of games at Wisconsin Whitewater, uh, one hundred and nine and six, fifty three and three in conference. Uh, won the national title every year he was there, but two. Uh, one year they weirdly did not make the playoffs; they had a down season. Uh, the other year they were uh, runner up. Probably lost to Mount Union in the final. Yeah, so um, incredible, incredible, incredible success at the uh, Wisconsin Whitewater program down there in D3. He gets hired by Buffalo, and we're sort of like, great coach. Will it translate to FCS? And the first three years... They slowly, slowly improved. They went five and seven, two and ten, six and six. Uh, but we liked what we saw, especially in that 2017 campaign. And then the last three years, ten wins, eight wins, and then six and one uh, with the weird COVID year. Two division titles. Unfortunately, they came up short in both MAC title games. Um, they finished last season nationally ranked, 25th in the country. Uh, three straight bowl games, two straight bowl wins. Um, very clearly turned that thing around and sub- sustained success. Um, he just brings competency to Kansas, and that competency is going to make it more stable. You look at their last few coaches, Charlie Weiss, chaos, just chaos. That's what he brought from Notre Dame. And we saw it with his terrible recruiting there, where he like couldn't even fill all of their scholarships. He was a disaster. And then 
my man, David Beatty, he was not really on the head coaching track. You would have expected him to become like a coordinator or something based on what he was doing before the Kansas Here's the job. question. That was a would, reach. would they have done better if Warren Beatty was the coach? Maybe. But, hey, he beat Texas, and that's all I care about. Um, but, yeah, he just, you know, he was like kind of almost in that half coaching, half administration type role back when he got the job. We were very surprised that he was made a head coach. And then the hat. I mean, <laughs> this guy's a train wreck. I mean, we saw how it ended in LSU. We've seen all the off-field allegations just unravel here in the last few weeks and months. It's not like the on-field product was anything yeah. to write home about either. Exactly. I mean, that too. He was, even without the off-field stuff, the hatter was not working in Kansas. So I think this is a great, great, great hire. Um, whether he is there for three, four years and flames out, if he's there for three or four years gets a better job, or if he's there for 10-plus years, the bottom line is he is going to create a better foundation, and he's going to leave the program in better shape than these last three people have done. Coach, this basic question. Is Kansas a better job than Buffalo? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess you have some power five resources coming from the Big 12 that you don't have at Buffalo, and that might be the only difference. Also, at Kansas, they're embarking on this brand new, I don't know if they finished or not, but this brand new athletic facility. So for those two reasons, yes, it's a slight upgrade. But I mean, as far it, as it, like, Financially, it's an upgrade too, obviously. Financially, it's an upgrade, but that that's about it. Oh, I'll, t I'll tell you one other way it's an upgrade. You don't have to live in Buffalo anymore? No, no. Uh, you get to move Chet? from the booming metropolis of Buffalo to the booming metropolis of Lawrence? No, 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 no. This is, this is not me being fictitious. I'm not doing a bit here. Uh, Matt, I've now promoted you to be athletic director of, let's say, hmm. UCLA. Wonderful. Wow. And coach, Congratulations, you, Matt. Thanks. Coach, you are the search committee that our lazy athletic director inevitably hires out for millions of dollars to find the next UCLA coach. Yeah, so so that way the blame is on me when you, when when they fail. Yeah. yeah, you have you have a couple resumes. Okay, you have Lance Leopold or mm -hmm. some other coach doesn't need to be him who let's say above five hundred at Buffalo. Then let's say he goes about 40 and 30 at Kansas and turned around Kansas and maybe even got Kansas to a decent bowl game. Okay. Or you have a co or you have a coach that in 10 years was like you know 50 and and 38 at Toledo. So the other coach has a better win percentage at the smaller Mac school. And you have the other person who made Kansas decent. If he gets Kansas to a bowl game, he can get any job he wants. Yeah, he, he yeah. is. It, it's kind of like the Matt Campbell effect. Like 
Matt Campbell was not really anybody when he first stepped foot on Iowa State because, you know, Iowa State was not a desirable job at that moment. It is now one of the premier programs in the Big 12. If Lance Leopold can do even half of that at Kansas, he'll be on every short list from here on out. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you one interesting short list. And then list the he dude from Toledo could take over for him at Kansas. <laughs> I'll t- I'll tell you one school that might might be interested in him. Iowa. If if things go well at Kansas. No. Iowa. Kansas State. He, he used to be an assistant at Nebraska, and he's had two coaching stops in the state of Nebraska. Hmm. So he could go to Nebraska. It, I mean, is Scott Frost? doing anything that any of us find impressive he's got a degree from there my (laughs) my only thinking was that i feel like if he stayed in buffalo one more season like is pat narduzzi long for Pitt? is like the rate at the rate he's producing defensive studs yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I feel like though he could have had an ACC or a Big Ten job next next season. I feel like he was the guy aligned, in, in, in line for that. Who, Leopold or Leopold? Le- Leopold. Like, I feel like if 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 Leopold... But you know what? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is time to get out. Jared Patterson's gone. Like, you know, it was a weird year. You know, you strike all the iron is hot. I get it. Yeah, this, now, this Pitt, is the time to jump into Power 5. Pitt should go... Pitt should just go... The Deion Sanders route and and hire Dan Marino to be their head football coach. <laughs> Figure head coach. Yeah, just like Mississippi Valley State just needs. What's he gonna do? Get make, Tony Dorsett to be his uh, offensive coordinator. There we go. I love it. Works for me. Um, now, now Southern ended up. Can I bring back Mark Tim, May? Mayday. <laughs> Mayday. Oof. No, no, thank you. Mike Ditka. Just just make Mike Ditka the next coach. <laughs> He'll come oh. out of retirement. Now you know who'd be great for Pittsburgh? Um Bill Cower. No. Bill Cower. No, no, no. No, no, no. We got Dave Wanstad. No, oh, no, no. Wait a we, second. I think we've seen we this movie a, before. No, we got a coach. <laughs> we got a coach. He's a great, great, great coordinator. Brian Ferris. Wonderful, wonderful coordinator. Comes from a coaching family. His dad used to coach in Pittsburgh. You know, Philadelphia guy. I mean, Brian Ferris. There we go. Let's see who they should hire. There you go. <laughs> you heard I it here f- first. I fully endorse. Fully endorse it. <laughs> Josh is going to fully endorse Brian Ferris to literally go, any school. Just, just go ahead and hire Kirk. <laughs> no, because no, they, no, no, no. They, they can't. T- they can't take our borderline Hall of Famers. <laughs> no, Kirk. Kirk is going to the Texans next year. After Cully gets fired, I mean, can't get well. I mean, can't get worse. I mean, Kirk is. They might. Get, you know, they might hire Brian Ferentz. Wasn't Brian Ferentz an assistant for the Patriots? He was. And so, Kirk, and, and, and the guy who's Kirk running Ferentz, the Texans now is the Patriots' former chaplain. Kirk would be a better NFL coach than Bill O'Brien. Oh, because that bar is super high. Yeah, I'm just saying, it's the truth. I mean, Bill O'Brien he, made the playoffs a couple times. Yeah, out of wow. the AFC South. Wow. I mean, <laughs> without Andrew Luck in it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. goodness. Without Andrew Luck, yeah. 
Oh my goodness! He, he, he had to class. he had to navigate <laughs> Marcus Mariota, Blake Bortles, and and Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> there we go. Murder's row. <laughs> Congratulations. I mean, we 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 who can forget the uh... show? Him what he's won <laughs> a massively awful trade <laughs> and a spot on Nick Saban's staff. I was like, who can for, forget the. Uh... Um, the Blaine Gabbert era that he had to navigate in Jacksonville. It's brutal. All right, guys. Well, before we get into uh, the FCS playoffs from this past weekend, let's talk about our other new sponsor here on the show, Canaan Sunglasses. It's our favorite eyewear here on the show, the official eyewear of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. It's time to make you know where we are. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger. And they use Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So use the exclusive code CANANCAST15 at Canaan.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. Canaan clearly better all right gents we were battling for spots in the fcs final four this past weekend and we had some really good games uh three of the four games were one score games let's start uh with the number one seed south dakota state they had a conference matchup uh against southern illinois Josh, this one was a lot closer than the first time these two teams met in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, but the Jackrabbits were able to pull it out. What stood out to you in this one? Oh, two things. First of all, Southern Illinois, the reason they lost earlier in the year was horrible, horrible uh, turnover situation. Well, two interceptions, a fumble, they they lost the turnover battle 3-0. Um but their second half, I mean, you just have to feel feel for a team. I mean, this is this is their second half uh, drive sheet interception led to a jackrabbit touchdown. Four plays, eighty yards later, makes it twenty to seventeen. Turnover on downs leads to a six play, ninety nine yard drive for South Dakota State. Now they're down 24-20. Fumble. Four plays later, touchdown. Finally, they score to make it 26-31. They force a jackrabbit punt. They got their chance. Then it's the second interception of the game. Um, I don't know if it was just the spotlight being up 20-10 to at half, feeling like amazing that you're... You're a half away from the final four. Uh, I don't know if it was South Dakota State adjustments and a brilliant, rousing halftime speech. I don't know if talent just took over, but uh, you got to feel for the Saluki fans and and this team. I mean, they played just a phenomenal first half, and anything that could go wrong in that second half did go wrong in the second half. And even on that 99-yard drive, they were holding... South Dakota State to a third and eight before a 24-yard pass play to get them out of the shadow of their own end zone. And then they, you know, give up uh, a two-yard run. And then on second and eight, a four-yard run 
Third and four. All right. Okay. You know, we're not going to get the ball back at midfield after pinning them deep. Uh, uh, nope. The third and four was a 67-yard run. It, it, it's just, um, yeah, anything that could go wrong in that second half did. Um, hats off to South Dakota uh, for surviving and advancing. That's what you have to do in these single elimination tournaments. But uh, just as an outside observer, I, I feel bad for the Salukis. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, they they had the lead. They had all the momentum. I mean, it just didn't look like South Dakota State had any any life, any momentum, any confidence, anything of anything of any sorts. The home crowd was out of it. They kept showing the shot, these shots of these uh, Saluki girls that were holding up the sign that said, uh, "Hey, um, South Dakota State girls, tell your uh, your boyfriends you'll be free this weekend or something like this." Some sign that you always see at like these high school games, but uh, they had they had nothing, and they couldn't do anything. And then all of a sudden. What what does it take to, to spark the tiniest of rallies is a special teams play, right? How often in these in these type games is it some stupid special teams play? It was a 50-yard return, and then they uh, they go down, they score, then at halftime, they get the rousing speech, and here we go. It all falls apart for South Dakota for not South Dakota, it all fa- falls apart for Southern Illinois. The Jacks, they they take advantage of it, they pounce on everything. Uh, every mistake Southern Illinois made was magnified. And once once the talented Jackrabbits got that momentum, there was no turning back. And Gronowski had a huge day, and that 67-yard touchdown on that quarterback read was outstanding. And uh, it, it just kind of it, it kind of gave him that final push. Yeah, I and mean they never looked and they put him up by three and they never looked back. You know, coach, and you know, at, at the end of the day, for me, just it all comes down to two things. One's the the dead gum turnovers. Those dead gum turnovers. And secondly, it's Mark Gronowski mm-hmm. uh, for South Dakota State. He, he was a Herculean he effort was, from him. I mean, he, it was he was a special dude. He, I mean, he was he, he was the back. he was the offense. He yeah. really was throwing the ball, running the ball. He did it all. And now this next game, he's going. He's going to have to have some help. He's going to have to have some help because they are going to have to take on Delaware. And Delaware, guys, I think did we all pick I, th- I think we all picked Delaware to make the final four, right? I feel like coach might have tried to hedge last week. Coach, did you hedge for Jacksonville I, I State? I didn't hedge. I just took my L. I don't know <laughs> I don't know if that means I don't know if that's different. Well, I had Delaware from the I had Delaware from the jump. I know Josh had Delaware. And I, I did too and I owned the pick, but yeah, I don't know. Well, they beat however, Jack- however you guys want to score that. They beat they held off Jacksonville State in the second half to win. I'm so glad. I'm so glad they did. There was such a there was such a dirtbag hit in that game from Jacksonville State. The the dude just completely torpedoed. I I think it was quarterback mm-hmm. torpedoed him. Yeah, Henderson. The, yeah, it, it was. Oh my God, I I. I used to, I kind of was like oh Jacksonville State this is interesting then that happened I was like nope mm-mm. Mm-mm. Delaware I hope Delaware blows them out because that was so I mean it was dirty it was blatant and the fact was he tossed did he get tossed for that I don't think he did. I do not think that he did which is even yeah I mean come on like you see that you got to toss him right like that's not that's not football that's not physical football that's that's trying to injure somebody 
The name of the game in football is to try to hurt people, right? You want to hurt them, but you don't want to injure people. There's a difference, right? I know that sounds bad, but there, there's a difference. Like hurting, like you get hurt, it's like, oh, ouch, that hurt, and you're, you're good, you're fine. But when you try to take somebody out like that, that there's no there's no room for that, and unfortunately, that you, you, that's the thing that stuck out the most to me. You want to hurt them as it make it so like they are like they don't want to block you anymore, or they don't exactly. But you you're not trying to like incapacitate them, right? And right. that's what it felt like. And so I'm glad that Delaware was able to come come away with the win. It wasn't the prettiest game. But I, you know, Delaware's had a really good defense all year, and their defense was outstanding once again. I mean, they, they held yeah. Jacksonville State to 200 total yards. And yeah, I mean, offensively, they held the ball for and, 38 minutes. Yeah, well, too. the I Blue mean, Hens just, you know, they didn't, they weren't efficient rushing. I mean, 2.3 yards per carry <laughs> is not great, but they just ground up clock all. Freaking! The game was day. a grind. It was a grind. And they want a grinder. They want a they, they, they want a grinder. They put Jacksonville State in the grinder. Jacksonville State's a team that's had some really good offense, like in the past. But the, yeah, we've, seen, we've seen them a couple times this year, though. Like uh, think about the Austin P game. Like they've just had nothing going for them. And well, the the, the thing about their team, and you know, this is an indictment on Jacksonville State as a program. This is an indictment on FCS. This is true for literally every program in the entire country except maybe Alabama. And that is when your offense is tailored to your number one quarterback and your number one quarterback goes down with an injury, it's scramble mode and you don't know what you're going to get. And unfortunately for Jacksonville State, Zion Webb went down with an injury. And, you know, he was very dynamic. He was the one that keyed the offense. And just unfortunately, the other two quarterbacks who played for them, AC Graham and Chance Newman, they just, you know, they're two and three in the depth chart for a reason. And, um, you know, hats off to Delaware for taking advantage of the opportunities given in an absolute grinder. But, uh, yeah, if, if you're a Gamecock fan, you're thinking, damn it. Our quarterback, are you kidding me? Gets hurt a game away from the final four. Uh, it's just. I wonder how that uh, game the, would have turned out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, ag- the agony and the ecstasy of this sport. Well, let's talk about what that matchup's going to look like between the Blue Hens and the Jackrabbits. Let's, let's do. Josh, uh, down in, in Frisco. Yeah. It's going to be a. I mean, I imagine this is going to be a, a pretty physical one. Two teams that it's have... It's going to be a barn burner, folks. I don't know if it's going to be a barn be a burner. Slug I don't fest. It's going to be more of a slugfest. I think that, that... It's going to be a slugfest. Um, <laughs> <won't it? laughs> um, I think that this is going to be a fascinating matchup between two teams that I think are coached Different stylistically, but I think have very similar mentalities. Yeah, very similar mentalities. I mean, they both predicate on the run game. They both want to control the line of scrimmage. I mean, you have Delaware who plays very good complementary football. I mean, they they held the ball for over 38 minutes while grinding out 2.7 yards per carry. I mean, if you want to talk about 
ball control. There you go. Like that's the epitome of it, right? So your 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 offense is giving your defense a chance to rest by getting by picking up crucial first downs on third downs. They had a great third down conversion rate. D comes up with huge uh, third down stops, um, and then they kind of help each other out. All right, right. So the defense comes up with big stops, gives gives the ball to the offense, and the offense says, "Okay, we have the ball. We're gonna have it for a little while." Same with South Dakota State. I mean, they have a great where where they differ is. South Dakota State has a much better quarterback run game with Gronowski, where they 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 bring a little bit more of that read, that option, double option type offense into it more so than than Delaware does. Delaware, they'll throw it. They Delaware probably has a little bit more RPO game. They probably have a little bit more downfield passing game uh, than what South Dakota uh, likes to do. But you know, I, I really like what both teams are able to do. Um, on the line of scrimmage, they, uh, you know, th- this is where it's going to be won on on the offensive defensive lines, you know, and and I know that seems pretty obvious to say, but most games are decided there. Both teams take care of the ball pretty well. Um, both teams have gotten off to slow starts in the playoffs um, in in some of their games. So these teams are built very very similar, and I, I think it's going to be a very evenly matched game. I think it's going to be an exciting game. It's not going to be one of those boring defensive slugfests, but I do think there's going to be a little bit of excitement, a little bit of tension, a little bit of uh, suspense, I guess you should say. Um, but the the key for South Dakota State, they've got to have a little bit more contribution from from the other people on offense. They've got to have a little bit in the passing game, and they've got to they've got to crank more production out of their run game than just Gronowski. And if they can do that, they can they can really kind of put pressure on Delaware like they've been putting pressure on teams all year long. When they get rolling, you they've get they got other guys producing. When they're not, the the one game they lost and, and the game that they probably should have lost last week, they couldn't get anything going outside the quarterback run. And Delaware will figure out a way to stop that. For Delaware, they've they've got to get more production out of the run game and they got to hit some some plays over the top. And of course, both teams have to take care of the football. That's how I see it. How about you, Josh? Yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, we talked about the tail of that Southern Illinois South Dakota State game, and the turnovers played such a big role in it um, with those two picks. And Nolan Henderson, you know, the yards don't jump out at you, but what's impressive is in the short season, 10 touchdowns to just four interceptions, um, very, very, very controlled, accurate passer, uh, pretty good completion percentage on the season. So, you know, if if he plays clean and, uh, you know, and he manages to uh, stay upright, <laughs> yeah, you know, the game against, South, or against Jacksonville State was so physical, including that uh that late hit that got the player ejected you know if he could stay upright be clean with his passing that's what's intrigued us about Delaware is they have a really good offense when uh Nolan Henderson's able to do what Blue Hens want him to do and and that's the exciting thing about Delaware they've got a very high ceiling because they have such a talented signal caller um you know, we all pick South Dakota State, though, for a reason. They're the more complete team, 
And I think if they do get contributions and they're not, as Coach highlighted, they're not one-dimensional, um, the Jackrabbits stand a great chance to win this game. Uh, but this is the beauty of football. You have your quarterback go off, all bets are off. And and that's what Delaware is going to be banking on, is that they get a big offensive explosion at a timely manner led by this dynamic redshirt junior, Nolan Henderson. All right. Well, uh, let's go to the other half of the bracket. And if there's one thing we know that we are certain of for this FCS playoff, is that we will be crowning a new national champion. The Bison have gone down to Sam Houston State, 24 to 20. A, uh, a very defensive first half. Uh, North Dakota State had a nice little safety there in the second quarter, uh, <laughs> followed by... Those are the only points of their f- of the first, first half, half for them. And But, uh, you know, North Dakota State comes roaring out in at the beginning of the third quarter um, and to score uh, a touchdown on their... Um, on on their first drive, uh, get a punt return for a touchdown, um, f- a seventy six yard return for a touchdown. Uh, their effectively their second drive, um, and a uh, another touchdown there. Uh, or sorry, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say another touchdown, but scored uh, again a little bit later on in in the third quarter to um, you know to do pretty well for themselves, but. Sam Houston State does enough at the end. They scored. Um, they went up twenty-four to twenty, which was the final margin with about three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, I want to note um, the leading receiver though for the uh, for Sam Houston State in this one was Noah Smith, who is nominally a tailback, but he is way more of an effective weapon out of the backfield as a receiver. And he just, he did a great job carving up on these, like on these little screens and flares and things like that. Coach, um, 10 catches, 103 yards on a score. Yeah. As, uh, from the running back position and coach, you got to love a guy who's a weapon like that. I mean, you can deploy him all over the field. Yeah, it's like you can't get a real you can't get a beat on what, what he's going to do because he can do some so many different things and you know that's that's what you like. I mean, that's you look at a lot of teams uh, that they have guys like that. Like with you know Clemson, they were able to do that with you know Amari Rogers uh, back when they had Hunter Renfro for a decade. Um, you know, you look at the Patriots with Edelman, how he's able to do a lot of different things mm-hmm. from a lot of different spots. Uh, you look at reminds me a lot of like Percy Harvin, Georgia, quite frankly. Percy Harvin, yes, um, you know guys like that, and you know Travis Etienne at Clemson. Uh, you know they were able to find different ways to get Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and those guys in, involved more so than just the downfield passing game. Uh, they were able to get them involved with jet sweeps, screens, uh, creative ways of getting them the ball. I mean, it's all about taking your taking your best weapons. And finding creative ways to put them in space, and and that's the name of the game. And Sam Houston State figured that out, and obviously this kid produced at, at the tune of 103 receiving yards and a touchdown. So yeah, I mean I I'm impressed by the way they kind of they kind of took advantage of what North Dakota State was going to give them, 
and they just grinded it down the field a little bit. I mean, I want to say grind it, but uh, you know, I think they were efficient in, in moving the ball. Whereas you say, and uh, uh, Hank Stram says, uh, matriculating the ball down the field. And I, I was impressed with the game plan. I was impressed how they, you know, how they use their weapons and how they spread the field and uh, you know attack space. Josh, let's do a, a quick little postmortem here on North Dakota State. What what went wrong for them this spring? I mean, this is a team that has been a, an absolute they machine for a decade, pretty much. They can't throw. And yeah. coach, I, I hear you, they can't throw. They can't throw. They, didn't, they can't throw. Yeah, they can't throw the ball. And I mean, but they've it, always it, been a know, team that's been predicated on the run first and foremost. Their their team got drafted by the Forty Niners and the and the Titans. Yeah, I mean, it, it's okay to be a run heavy team, but. In the past, if Sam Houston goes, all right, we're stopping the run. We're going eight in the box, single coverage. Well, then the Bison are just going to pass it. Because they have Carson Wentz or Trey Lance or Easton Stick. Stick. Yeah, Yeah. and um, they've had All-Americans playing that quarterback position. Now they do not. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I feel like we're a show where we don't like to rag on these kids, especially when in North Dakota State it was a freshman mm. from also Solon, Iowa. By the way, amazing town. Uh, Solon's about 25 minutes from where I grew up. Um, but, uh, you know, he picked a game to play like a freshman. Uh, there's no other way to put it. Mm. He, he went 7 of 18, 90 yards no scores, two interceptions. Um, you know, is North Dakota State done? Is it like we're never going to see them in the playoffs again? No. No, they're too good of a program. They'll rebuild. They'll reload. And, you know. Well, this kid's got some experience now, so. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and Cam, Miller, Cam Miller's high school stats uh, from the state of Iowa were absolutely bonkers. Um, so... You know, he, he's he got that experience now. Hopefully he'll be back, obviously, being a fellow Iowa, and I'm going to root for him. Uh, 247 Sports actually had him as high as a three-star recruit. So, I mean, he, he's bringing that pedigree with him um, to North Dakota State. But like I said, it, it's just... He played like a freshman. So his senior season say. at Solon High School, he passed for 2,436 yards and 28 touchdowns, rushed for 840 yards with 12 touchdowns, uh, set single-season passing yards and passing touchdown records, uh, along with the all-purpose yards mark of 3,276 as a starter in high school. He went 32-3 and for Solon High School, passing for mm-hmm. 5,900 yards and 79 touchdowns, running for 1,200 yards and 16 more touchdowns, three-time all-conference selection and first-team all-state selection as a senior. He was the Cedar Rapids Gazette Offensive Player of the Year, uh, was the uh, state runner-up in 2019 as a a senior. He was also a two-time all-state selection in baseball. He has a school. He has the Solon High School re- career record in ERA of point six zero. Yeah, yeah, no, he, wow. he's all right. He's, he's all right. Yeah, yeah. he's all right. So, he is definitely all right. I, I think he's going to be, be just fine. 
Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. better days ahead of us. Well, and can you so imagine f- being a true freshman coming into this wacky season where, like, they would have gotten, like, no, like, real camp or anything. So, like, I'm not, well, you I'm know, not really going <laughs> to hold this against him. Well, ba- back when it was, um, back when it was potentially fall football, um, no one expected oh. him to see the field. And then um, when it became fall football, he was actually also, no one really expected to see him. He was second on the depth chart. Yeah, I think he was third the on the fall depth season. chart, actually. In the, third, yeah. He was third on the depth chart in the fall season behind yeah. Lance and um, the guy who started the first couple games yeah. for North Dakota State. So he was definitely yeah. not the guy they envisioned you know, starting yeah. a game for them as yeah. the quarterback in in the FCS playoffs this year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, uh, I, I am going to give a shout out, though, to Solon. Just uh, like I said, it's like 20 minutes from where I grew up. Uh, a beautiful, beautiful little Iowa town. It's right next to Lake McBride, which is a huge reservoir lake uh, in their little downtown. And they have an honest to God downtown. They have a italian style like neapolitan pizza place called red vespa that's amazing they have an amazing brew pub called big grove along with some other tasty tasty eats uh like all good iowa towns they have a casey's so you can go get some pizza and gas and uh, uh, what you guys what am i doing what am I doing? I don't this know. Is, what are you doing? I, I mean, I was going to say you come, I, you I come for about, the football analysis and you stay for the tourism know, recommendations I, in Seoul and Iowa. I'm talking about a little town in Iowa. That's not the bit. The bit is a main minute. I got to let's rewind. Let's rewind because what I was going to tell you about tonight is Matt, have you been to Swan's Island, Maine? I have not been to Swan's Island, Maine. Well, it's the it's home of three villages. All totaling 332 people okay. that live on this island. Now, Swans Island, how does it get its name? I assume well, there are a lot of name, swans there. No, it gets its name from James Swan, who purchased the island among with other islands off the coast of Maine. So Back in the day when James, you could just buy an island. Yeah, so James Swan, you think he how is, is he super Bezos? rich? <laughs> so James Swan, who is he? He was a financier back in the day. He joined the Sons of Liberty. He participated in the Boston Tea Party. He was wounded twice at the Battle of Bunker Hill. He was among one of the richest men in America. Uh, He went to France multiple times. He was really good friends with Lafayette. The Marquis. But then he he did something a little interesting. He spent 22 years in a French prison. And you must be wondering, like, for what? He must have committed some terrible crime. Maybe he got involved in the French Revolution. I I know we're all thinking that. Did he steal a mouthful of bread? No, he did not. He was accused of having a debt. He refused, and he said, no, I don't own a debt. I do not recognize that debt. It's not mine. He could have easily paid it off. But as a matter of principle, he denied the charge brought against him and refused to settle the debt. So he remained in French prison for 22 years over a debt that he could pay off. Was this before or after he bought the island? 
Uh, this would have been after. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, so it looks it, it looks very pretty there. I will say. Yeah. So that's that's James Swan, Swan Island, France. There we go. All right. Uh, population three hundred and thirty-two. That's our that's our main minute oh. combined with a Solon second. Uh, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, finally, gents, uh, let's talk about the last game from the weekend. Uh, James Madison, North Dakota. James Madison, uh, the only I won't I won't call him a runaway winner, but they you know, might as well. Have been. Uh, I don't think might as well have been. I mean, North Dakota put up a fight, but yeah, they, North Dakota showed some spirit there in that second quarter. Yeah, definitely during the second yeah. quarter. But James but Madison def- definitely the better spirited team. Ass whooping in <laughs> on this day. I mean. They outgained them by 125 yards. Um, they were able to control the clock. I mean, they held the ball for 14 minutes longer than the Fighting Hawks did. And uh, not only was James Madison 8 for 16 on third down, but Coach, you got to love this, 3 for 3 on fourth down, making it count. And mm-hmm. those are just backbreaking. They are. They are. It's you know when 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 you got team, you know you can survive one typically, and you know it's just a random fourth out. But when there's three, you know, on that James Madison sideline, they were just like, man, whoop, this is where it's at. They also had a chance to make the score a lot worse. They had it down like first to goal, and he tried to score, like the I uh, forget his name, but. Uh, the coach, he tried to score there at the end to make it, you know, I guess um, 41-21. They got stuffed twice, and then he ran the clock out. So it could have been a lot worse. And and I think it's, uh, you know, James Madison, I felt like they put together a complete game. Um, And it is possible. I've been in games where I've tried hard and got my ass kicked. So um, it's possible. Josh, North Dakota might, I think, despite having lost this game, still is one of the best stories of this spring season. They are. I mean, it's just, they played so well this season. Um, We did not know what their transition to the Missouri Valley Football Conference would look like. They more than held their own. Um, They were, they were just a solid, solid team all throughout the season. Uh, very dynamic. They can kind of beat you in multiple ways. Uh, their future, I think, is really promising. They were led by Tommy Schuster, freshman quarterback out of Maka, Michigan. Um, you know, f- a freshman Q- QB. I mean, that's that's awesome for them. So they've got a lot to build on, a lot to love. Um, what's kind of interesting is you sort of see the herky-jerky performances that South Dakota State, Delaware, and Sam Houston had in advancing. I actually think North Dakota could have beaten any of those three teams. They just unfortunately got James Madison. And James Madison, you mentioned some of their offensive stats. You did not mention the day uh, Cole Johnson had 14 of 17, 251 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Pretty efficient at uh, moving the ball down the field. Uh, they're really good running back, Percy Agaye Obisi, 
27 carries, 128 yards. So just a monster day by the Dukes, uh, two key offensive players. Um, but yeah, a, a lot to like about North Dakota. Um, but James Madison, just the better team that also played the better game. Um, James Madison was more efficient on those money downs, more yards, um, fewer penalties, fewer turnovers. You know, uh, James Madison set themselves up for success. Um, what's interesting, though, is, you know, you're, you're curious about turning points that didn't turn. Um, North Dakota had a three and out that the punt was muffed and they recovered. And then James Madison's defense turned right around and forced another three and out. And North Dakota had to punt again. So um, it was just kind of that day, especially in that first quarter for North Dakota. But hats off to James Madison. And honestly, of the four teams, uh, the Dukes looked the best this last weekend. Yeah, the Dukes looked really solid. And that matchup with Sam Houston State is going to be a doozy. I like the Dukes here. I, I feel a little bit stronger about the Dukes beating Sam Houston than I do about South Dakota State beating Delaware right now because I just think Delaware is playing great. But, I mean, both of these matchups are outstanding. Josh, what is the thing that you're going to be looking forward to most in this game? Well, this is finally the game that I've wanted to see Sam Houston play. Um, no disrespect to the two teams they had to play to get here. Uh, Sam Houston just was better <laughs> um, than their two opponents. But what's intrigued me about South or about Sam Houston is we saw some of their gaudy offensive numbers, like 70 points, 60 points, these these crazy point totals and insane yard totals. And we're kind of thinking like, is that for real or is that a byproduct of their the conference? Yeah. Well, through two playoff games, uh, they have not sniffed no. 70 or 60 points. Um, so is their team complete enough to knock off North Dakota State and then follow it up by knocking off the Dukes? We'll get to see. And that's the fun thing. And if Sam Houston wins that game and ultimately wins that elusive national title that they've been sniffing around for what feels like the last decade, they will have done it by going through the dynasty and then going through James Madison, the only team to have a national title recently during this bison run. So Sam Houston, I'm really, really intrigued. What do they look like against a elite team, a, a team that's more complete than this Bison team. That's what I'm curious about. It's going to be a struggle for for yards for Sam Houston State. The the explosive plays probably in the Southland Conference probably can come in bunches, right? The the uh, uh-huh. the chunk plays, chunk plays. <laughs> um, but the, you know that's not going to happen. Those of you against playing along at home, take a drink. Machines. Coach just said chunk play, chunk play, chunk plays, chunk plays. I'm trying to get everybody drunk. Uh, drunk off trunk plays. So it's drunk plays. Um, <laughs> drunk ch- crunk plays. That's crunk plays. Crunk plays. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you know the, the, the crunk plays are what Lil John calls up. Yeah. In Wait, this bracket, do you know what's the problem with, with every time Lil John gets on? He's just like, what? 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 Uh, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Let's get crunk. Okay. And then the coach calls another play. What? 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 Anyway, so you're probably going, what? <laughs> but uh, when, when you look at this James Madison team, they, they're the most complete team in this in this entire bracket. Delaware's not far behind, but James Madison is the most complete team in this bracket. They do everything extremely well. They defensively, they make it, they make it tough on you. Offensively, they control the they control the ball. They get first downs. They're efficient. I'm not going to say they're an extremely explosive team and they don't get chunk plays, but uh, they they do they do move the ball. They do matriculate the ball. They they do stay ahead of the chains. They're disciplined. They take care of the football, and they just they force you into a panic mode, and they force you to make mistakes. And then once they get that slight lead. For some reason, like when teams play Alabama, when teams play Clemson, they get really stressed out. Even if they're pretty close in talent, the stress of like knowing that, okay, for an entire 60 minutes, I'm going to have to be tip-top shape. Like there is no room for any single mistake because if there's a mistake, they're going to jump all over it and pummel us. And that's the and, and a lot of teams can't hold up under that pressure. And so I don't think Sam Houston State will. Um, and uh, I, I like the Dukes in this game. Yeah, I feel like the Dukes are – I think they're definitely going to be the favorite in this one. But, you know, though both these teams are undefeated. It's going to be a good one. Other side of the bracket's going to be a good one. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to I'm gonna pick chalk on this one. As I love Delaware. I really love Delaware. But I still think South Dakota State's just a little – it's just – a small, like a half step above talent-wise of Delaware. The difference is Grunowski. Yeah, Grunowski's the best player in that game. and Yeah, and I think the other difference, too, just between these uh, these teams, the schedule that North Dakota State, or excuse me, that South Dakota State had to play in the Missouri Valley was just better than Delaware's, and... Yeah. Absolutely, um, it was for and for the other bracket. But who, who's I, to say I, that? I mean, I know James Madison and Delaware are in the same. Conference, but there are different sides of the same but conference. But it's but it's but but it's also different contexts. The Southland is nowhere near the Colonial, so what hurt <laughs> Delaware in their matchup is a benefit to James mm-hmm. Madison and theirs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, gents. Well, I think that is going to do it for us here. Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, actually, the, buried. We, we, we buried a lead, and there was uh, something else I wanted to mention now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll do my burying the lead. Um, I joked a couple weeks back uh, making up just a blatant lie of quotes that I just were totally not true, and I attributed them to the uh, Falcons. <laughs> scout regarding Felipe Franks and drafting mm-hmm. him. I remember that. Well, the, well, the hey. Falcons, the Falcons signed Felipe Franks they actually as, signed as a, him as a free agent. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that uh, Swan's Island random deep dive. I did like a good person. I will cite my sources. Uh, the good people at archive.org had the uh, a history of Swan's Island by HW small. 
Uh, so that's the book and site that I pulled it from. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, Josh, speaking of FCS players from the great state of Iowa, Northern Iowa yes. had not one but two players drafted in uh, in the NFL in the NFL draft this past weekend. One by my beloved Buffalo none of, Bills. None of them. None of them were. None of them were offensive skill positions. No, but one of them was a <laughs> mountain of a man at offensive tackle, Spencer Brown, six eight three fifteen, and he is. Uh, you know, he looks like he's going to be the the heir apparent to the right tackle position. For the Bills, yeah, he seemed pretty excited about getting to go to, to Buffalo. I mean, he's going to Buffalo fit as right well. in in Buffalo. If you guys haven't seen it, make sure you check out the clip online. He goes and uh, does the uh, I, I I guess we'll call it like it's the it's the Bills Mafia celebration. He's uh, you know putting a, sl- a slamming through a, a folding table. There we go. Uh, he is from Lenox, Iowa. By the way, for people that are curious. Uh, Lennox is in kind of the southwestern-ish corner of the state, not quite all the way that far south or mm-hmm. west, but it is it is between Omaha and Des Moines, uh, but also well south of I-80 that connects those two. Um, I'm not sure if they have a Casey's. Uh, let me double check. They do, so you can go and get some pizza and, uh, gas. Some pizza and gas over at... Uh, over at a Casey's, there we go in Lenox, right. Iowa. Well, there you have it. And then Ellerson Smith, another uh, Northern Iowa player, but he's from he's from the Twin Cities. He doesn't really count as an Iowa. Yeah, no one cares about him. Yeah, I mean, he's just, just get him out of the league. They should and just he's, cut him he's, already. He's going he's to the Giants, the so no one's ever going to hear from him again anyway. So <laughs> no, but that, that's a pretty uh, pretty good day for you and I. Hats off to that program. They had a uh, not the season they wanted this year, but for those two gentlemen, um, a feather in the cap for them getting they drafted. also had two guys drafted before the Badgers had one. So Badgers mm-hmm. had three draft picks on the day, but uh, they were all after uh, yeah. after those after those two gentlemen. So, and then obviously... Hawk, uh, Hawks got a few players drafted. North Dakota State had a couple guys drafted. Trey Lance going number three overall, and then uh, Dylan Radins uh, going number 53 overall in the second round. So and my dogs had nine drafted, three others signed, so twelve players total making their way into the NFL. Yeah. So yep. So all right. Well, I think that is gonna do it for us here today, gentlemen. So done with episode two sixty one. Next time we see you guys. You forgot how to do the no, sound no, off, no, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm just saying we're done, <laughs> done with 261. Next time we see you guys, it's, it's going to be down to the end of Next the 2020. Next time we see you guys, it's going to be 262. It's going to be the end of the 2020-2021 football season, for real. It's going to be the previewing the last game. We're going to get no. into our stadium rankings again. Dad, we're going to do small-town Casey's rankings. We're going to find out the best Casey's in the state of Iowa. Um, well, uh, is, there one in the, is there one in the Amana Colonies? Okay. Yes. Well, I mean, the, the Amanda colonies are, are my are, are my favorite place in Iowa. So, I, I'm googling how many Casey's are. Is in it the just state the letters Iowa. K and C, or is it like K A Y C E E? No, C A S E Y S Casey's. Um, there are 527. Oh my gosh. In the state of Iowa, they're in every little town. It's just like a, it's like it's a convenience yeah. store with gas, right? Yeah, um, but also pizza. So it's like uh, it's like the Iowa version of the Wawa. Yeah, 
Yeah, twenty four percent of all the cases in the world. I was version of the right. pilot. Yeah, that's wild. With Hunt's brother, with Hunt's brother's pizza. See so how many Taco Johns are in Iowa. Fifty eight locations. Well, that's not, that much. That's not bad. It's nothing. Yeah, but uh, there's not that many Taco Johns in the entire world. It's probably a good reason for that. I mean, it, 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 it's. I feel like a an Iowa based like taco eatery is about as effective as your drive through shrimp in Indiana. <laughs> So I think that is going to be the uh, I, I think that is our cue to end it for the night, gentlemen. So on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach Corey Burton here in the Music City and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook up there in the Windy City. This is the Professor Emeritus in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Legal Motion College Football Podcast. Casey's, how do you make it taste so good? I think that was their jingle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.